Welcome to Drunk Watching, our weekly pop culture podcast where we sip on a little something and talk about the films and TV shows we're watching right now. I'm Brittany Danielle, and I'm a writer, pop culture junkie, and whiskey enthusiast. And I'm Andrea Renee, a lover of pop culture, and Brittany's perennial plus one. And a new convert to gin, apparently. Um, today <gasps> we are here. <laughs> today we are here to talk about season three, episode four of Insecure, Fresh Like. But before we get to that, Today's episode of Drunk Watching is brought to you by The House of 334, a creative services firm that specializes in creating beautiful brands for badass entrepreneurs. If you have copy, social media, or design needs, holler at the ladies at the house. You can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at House of 334 or online at houseof334.com. If you would like to sponsor Drunk Watching by sending us a bottle and a check, <laughs> and a check, please send us an email at hello drunkwatching at gmail.com or follow us or hit us up, slide into our DMs on Twitter and Instagram at Drunk Watching. This is our fifth episode. <laughs> I always have to add one more to Insecure. This is our fifth episode of Drunk Watching, so we want to shout out everybody who follows us on on instagram on twitter um and who subscribe and listen to our podcast we are available on soundcloud google play spotify stitcher itunes and everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcast so hit the subscribe button leave us a, a dope honest review and uh let us know what you think of our podcast you know how it is before we get started with every show, we like to ask, what's in our cup? So, Andrea, what is in your cup today? Well, I ditched the gin today and slid on over to the rum. So, I am having a rum and Coke zero. Keeping it zero calorie, zero carbs. All right, zero calorie, zero carbs. Today, I am sticking with vodka because I so clearly have that in my refrigerator and I have all the carbs for some reason because I, I ran out <laughs> of my diet Pepsi. So I had, had a couple of splashes of um, limeade. So not too bad. No. It's a little spicy. It's refreshing as the people like to say, although it's really overcast right now. So I don't, I don't really need refreshing. I could go for like a Anyway, I don't know. I could go over something not quite refreshing, but that's what I got at the moment. Um, oh. If you are a vodka or rum brand, haha, I feel like this is the first time, because I, I don't really buy rum unless I'm making a rum cake. So I feel mm-hmm. like this is the first time either one of us has had rum on the show in our in our five-week run so far. Yeah. So if yeah. vodka or rum brand or a whiskey brand, wine, whatever, send us a bottle and a check at hello drunk watching at gmail.com all right uh what are we watching right now in addition to insecure we always take a few side trips uh i believe both of us watched well i watched the whole nine hour marathon of aretha franklin's funeral you kind of oh, did yes. you were traveling um, right i watched all nine hours <laughs> and by the end of it i felt like i had worked a whole shift like I yeah. was tired I was tired I was worn out but 
it was definitely something to see. I absolutely enjoyed it. I felt bad because I was like, oh, this is a funeral. Are you supposed to enjoy a funeral? But I thought it was a testament to a life well lived. Of course, it was epic. And, you know, there were a few things, you know, that sought to take the attention off of Miss Franklin. But overall, I think everyone did a great job coming together to celebrate her life. I particularly uh, thought it was great to hear from her family and her grandchildren, niece and, and whatnot. So I thought it was very well done. And, you know, we were able to say fairly well in, in grand fashion. Yeah. I mean, I think we could have cut like a good hour <clears throat> or so off. Um, <laughs> Faith Hill could have, you know, shout out to Faith Hill um, because she's a, you know, she's, she has a good voice. She's a good singer. I just, either her, she was hoarse or I don't know what was going on with her, but it was not her day. No, no. I, I noticed that, you know, we put Faith Hill and Ariana Grande up front, and I felt like let's just get them out of the way so that we could get to what we were really there for. And big ups to my girl Tasia tore it down. I love her so much. And I miss Shirley Caesar. I, I went through a dead zone during her and – who else did I miss? I missed a part of uh, Vanessa Bell Armstrong, but pretty much everybody else, I uh, I caught it. Yeah, I mean, I, the thing about Fantasia, like, you already knew. She took off her shoes as soon as she hit the stage. She didn't even <laughs> start a note. Nope. She was like, I'm going to just take off my shoes already. Like, go ahead, girl. So I already knew it was going to be a problem for her. Um <laughs> And then I feel like the Holy Ghost just took her down before she went yeah. full Super Saiyan Fantasia. Like the, the Holy Ghost like just took her down. And then cause she was off. She went off the stage in the choir. And I was like, I feel like she's still supposed to be up there singing. Absolutely. I did. I, I did. I, I thought like, okay, maybe I was tweeting or texting or something. And then when I looked back at the screen, she was gone. But the choir was definitely still singing. So. I so thought maybe she just <laughs> could go no further. Yeah, yeah. The spirit overtook her, and Aretha was like, girl, get off the stage before you embarrass me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think she would she would have held it down. Um, I don't want to yeah. get too into the funeral, but Shaka Khan, what, where do you fall? I was a bit worried when she started singing Going Up Yonder. Because uh. she sung it like a Shaka Khan song, number one. And number two, like, when they first started, she wasn't quite on the key? Or was it just me? No, it wasn't just you. Uh, you know, okay. I heard some people say she tried to start low so that she had somewhere to go. Because I, think, I feel like by the time she got to the chorus, definitely the chorus the second time and beyond, you know, it, it kind of sounded like the shocker that we knew. But, yeah, definitely starting off, I was like, what the heck is this? And then, of course, she didn't know the words. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. You know, she came up with this fan, and I was like, why does she have that fan and weirdly placed like that? Like, it was just, like, spread out across her chest, and I was like, what's wrong with her? But as she started, you know, kind of moving her hands, I was like, oh, those are the lyrics. I mean, 
you know, shout out to having your lyrics so you know what to do. But I figured that is the old faithful funeral song. I thought everybody knew that one. Well, number one, there aren't a lot of words in that song. Uh, that's there you the go. First thing. <laughs> and but number two, like I like I'm trying to think back. Like there are not a lot of words to that song. Number one, um, and number two, like I don't I don't know Shaka, I don't know Shaka's full history, but she doesn't strike me as one of those people who came out of the black church, right? Like she's not right somebody who I'm like, oh yeah, she was a church singer who transitioned into gospel. Like, I'm sure she went to church somewhere because she's in that that age range, but um, so maybe she just never knew it uh, back mm-hmm. in, the, in the 70s. I mean, she's she's not super, how old is she? Like 60-something? She's like our mom somewhere in our mom's age. And back in the 70s, she right. was she was already performing and stuff like that. And that was heavy into her substance abuse phase. So maybe she didn't, maybe she didn't know it, but she, she was smart to put the words on her fan. Um, As somebody. Yeah. Like I've seen people with words on the, uh, on the program. (laughs) Put the words. They'll lay, because, you know, my mom plays the piano. They will lay the words on the piano. And I have seen that. Singing, yeah. like, real next to my mom. I was like, why are you standing there? <laughs> have to get so I've seen all kind of, uh, yeah, I've seen all kind of uh, help, help aids, but I have yet to see somebody take the words on their fans. So shout out to Shaka Khan for being innovative. In that Absolutely. Capacity. Yeah, and who yeah. knew? Like, I didn't. But, were her and Aretha cool? Like, clearly, because you know who wasn't there, right? I just, I, I don't know. I, I took it as just you know, a premier singer during those times, and you know, potentially they did some things together. I don't know. I didn't. It. I, I don't think I've ever heard of them. You know, doing something specifically together or being the closest friends, but you know, who knows. But we definitely miss Aunt Patty. I did. I I felt like, you know, definitely no one could do any justice to any song uh, like she could. But, you know, if there was beef, there was beef. However, she, I saw her on, I don't know if it was Good Morning America. It was something because she is promoting Greenleaf right now. And she mentioned that she would be out of town during the time of the funeral. So she's been, you know, building these tributes into her show. So, I mean, you know, I guess we can take it <laughs> the way she gives it to us. But mm-hmm. I thought it was, you know, kind of well known that there was something, you know. And maybe it's not on her end. Maybe it was... Maybe it was on the dearly departed end. I'm not sure, but it didn't seem like they were close bosom buddies. It did not seem like they were close, but I really would have liked to see Patty there. But if she's, you know, she got to get her paper too. Everything is kind of like funerals are always a little bit last minute. So you never know. Mm -hmm. All right, let's uh, (laughs) go from that morbid and yet uplifting topic to the very low, low gutter topic of love and hip hop Hollywood. <laughs> it is the low gutter. Oh God, these people are still oh. trash. 
So I saw Monday night's episode and it, it remains a mess. There were a lot of a messy highlights on there. Um, we, neither one of us like Rockstar. He just seems like mm-hmm. a complete and other trash person. Um, particularly after he pulled that stunt with the Amber Diamond and her mom, like at the show, like okay. Amber, Amber's mom is terrible. So yes. I will give him that. Amber's mom is terrible. She's terrible to her own daughter. Like the amount of time she called her daughter a bitch, I was like personally offended for her daughter because mm-hmm. who does that? But I maybe they have that kind of relationship because I do not. With my mother. Same. Okay. Um, I was like, oh my god, do you fight your mom right now? Like, what do you do after this? But apparently, just take it because your mama put twenty bands. I'm like, <laughs> if this lady says that one more time that she paid 20 bands for something. I was like, is this all the money you have in the world or something? Cause she mentioned that over and over and over. And I was annoyed, <clears throat> but Rockstar, not only has he been a mess with this whole a one and lyrical situation, um, and his whole a one situation. Like, I don't, I don't know what that's about, but he makes this track for this girl. He throws a party. He tells, uh who is that he tells brooke in paris that he paid off half the crowd to nod to the song and so they Mm -hmm. start playing the song and then amber you know she's bopping along to the song and her mom chooses this exact moment in the middle of a party to stop the music and talk about how whack the song was like first of all if you have some kind of grievance wait till after the party <laughs> like why would you use this moment to make your child to embarrass you and your child in, in public like you don't get another opportunity to make a first impression because most of these people if a if a rock star had to pay them he they obviously didn't know who she was so right. now you got this whole thing messed up because you're calling him out in public over your 20 bands but meanwhile <laughs> You're also calling your daughter out because you're saying her song is trash. And no right. shade, but a lot of trash music goes on to be a hit these days. So she should have just let mm-hmm. it, she should just let it ride. But that kicks off this whole situation with him basically stripping out all of the music and the auto tune to play the raw track <laughs> of this girl singing. Oh, and it is a Eddie disaster. Pendergrass. <laughs> Eddie Pendergrass, girl. Petty Pendergrass. It, it is a disaster. First of all, another clue that the show is scripted. Who just rolls with the raw audio ready to cue it up? Who That's what that? I'm saying. He's petty. He is. Pe- he knew. He knew something wasn't going to go right. And so he was ready. He was locked and loaded i was here for that moment you know i i laughed so hard because yeah here he did his job he did what he said he was going to do and the mother you know tried to do this public airing out situation so he was like okay cool i got well at least i got my first part of the money let me go ahead and let this let this rip and well the rest as you saw was history we all were like, my God, 
<laughs> I forgot how horrible it was. I mean, not that the finished product, product was grand fabulous, but it definitely, that auto-tune was God's gift. Yeah, it it was uh, it was something, but like it's just, I don't I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, why would you want to put your daughter on blast like that just because you felt like if she's gonna go? Okay, she's her daughter's manager. You're gonna have to pay producers, I guess, if she can ever recover from. Now you have permanently perhaps damaged her career. Mm-hmm. But if she can somehow recover from this, you're still going to have to pay people to produce her music. You can't go around talking about, I paid 20 bands for this. I need to, like, <laughs> you can't forever throw that in people's face because then nobody right. will want to work with you. Then you're just like Monique and her husband. Like, it's just toxic. Mm-hmm. You're just out there mm-hmm. talking about being blackballed because your management sucks. So I just don't see how this doesn't make me like Rockstar anymore. It just makes me look at him as more of a like a savage threat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because he don't even have history with these people. So like what is he gonna do for uh his preview in the next episode makes it seem like perhaps he slept with Lyrica. Man. I was just going to say just overall these mother-daughter relationships and I tweeted about that the mother-daughter relationships on this show is exactly why most of these women are just jacked up. Like Amber and her mom, even Lyrica, big Lyrica, you know, we saw in this episode. I mean, to find out your daughter is pregnant and just five minutes ago, you know, her husband was accusing her of sleeping around. We still don't know, you know, what is what, but Big Lyrica in, in episodes past kind of, you know, aired her daughter out like, oh, didn't you tell me that Safari hit you up and sent you pictures? So, I, you know, I'm not really sure. But, you know, her reaction to hearing that Lyrica was pregnant and then, uh, I was going to say Floyd's family, that's a shame, everyone's family. Uh, even though his name, I guess, is Floyd. But both of I mean, everybody was just so up in arms. I mean, we come back to, we start this episode with the fight that ended the last episode. So that's, you know, really the, the biggest part you missed last week, if you can call it a miss. And, you know, the mothers are going crazy. Patrice clearly got the memo that she wasn't needed. So she started that fight just so that she, she could be invited back because I don't know why she was there in the first place. But jumping bad at Lyrica G, I'm I wasn't sure why, you know, she did that. Lyrica showed up to the dinner and she was just like, What's going on here? Which as far as I'm concerned, was a valid question, being that the last time all of them were together or at least the two moms were together, it was real hostile. So I think she was just trying to check the temperature, especially since Lyrica and A1, they didn't do the right thing by inviting their families with no background. Like it was just like, oh, you know, come show up and and eat dinner with us, but not, hey, we're having a family dinner. We want to talk to you guys about something. It caught everybody off guard. 
And then, as you saw, it was fisticuffs and glasses being thrown. And, you know, I'm like, you guys are savages. Crazy. It's a crazy family. Yeah, I'm like, nobody on Love and Hip Hop can have a conversation without coming to blows and or throwing objects, um, <clears throat> which is... Which is exhausting and good TV, I suppose. Um, speaking of coming to blows uh, and no one being able to not do that, Tierra Marie, I don't know her whole yeah. history. However, when Akbar's harem was trying to come for her, she was just like, you know what? I'm out. I'm not doing this. I'm leaving. So I don't know if right. this is a growth if this is a growth period for her because she wasn't trying to fight. So rewind, Paris and the racially ambiguous ambiguous woman who was that? <laughs> Nikki. 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 What is she exactly? Yeah, I was like, I want to say Armenian, but I might be wrong. I don't know. But okay. she, We're gonna she's not like racially what? ambiguous. Okay. Yeah. So Paris and Nikki confront, not confront, but they tell Tier about Akbar and the fact that he not only has a wife, he has a girlfriend, and she finally seems to get it. So Paris and and Tierra go to Akbar's house to confront him, <clears throat> which is supposedly date night. But when she shows up, Akbar has his wife there and his girlfriend there. And so that tells me he was already prepared. Because, like, who shows up for a date with somebody who doesn't know you have a harem, but your harem is there? So also clue number two of the night, the show is scripted. These women Mm -hmm. happen to be there and ready to talk to Tierra. And then when he starts talking to to her, he's like, you uh, got to be on the team. I invest in women. And I'm like, sir. What is happening? It's like some Ponzi scheme in this living room about him <laughs> investing in women. It's like a pyramid scheme of women. He's investing in women to like build up their confidence, only to be like, "Gotcha!" When they find mm-hmm. out that he's married and whatever, and then try to hoodwink and bamboozle them into being on the team. So then he goes to introduce Tierra to the other, to his wife, and to. What was it, Alejandra? Was that her name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Alejandra. Who Alejandra is and Sade. No, why is she so worked up? Why is she That was from the last even, episode. Because she oh, got played. That. So, yeah, Paris, uh, you know, went to her gym and scheduled this workout. And so, you know, they, they're getting along and she's asking about her business and all of that. And then, like, damn, I'm here because, you know, I found out you're dating my friend's dude and, you know, then Nikki shows up. Um, and so it was kind of like an ambush, not, not, in, you know, yeah, it was an ambush because she's expecting, you know, that she's helping clients and then it kind of turns into this other thing. So I think she just was still mad that she looked bad on, you know, on camera. Okay. Clearly she's not worried about looking I bad. Tell why, right. Like I couldn't tell why she was so angry. Um, mm-hmm. And so ready to fight over, at this point, it was over nothing because Pierre Marie was like, y'all on some bullshit, I'm out. And so I didn't understand why either woman was like, yeah. maybe they felt rejected. 
I don't know. She's not she's not coming into the circle, so there's nothing to fight. Like she's not trying to steal Akbar away. She doesn't want Akbar now that now that she knows that he has a wife and a crazy girlfriend on the side. Like she's removing yeah. herself from the situation and she's trying to leave. And this is the moment you're gonna choose to like try to go after her. I don't understand. I did not understand that whole scene. Yeah, it just maybe they felt rejected because, you know, they laid out the law like, okay, if you're going to be with us, I'm first, she's second, and you'll have to be third. And Sierra's like, actually, I'm not at all. And that's when it seemed to, you know, kind of get rowdy. So maybe they just, you know, they didn't take too kindly to being <laughs> cast away. I don't know. It, for us to try to make sense of it all is ridiculous. Maybe they just were told there has to be some sort of, you know, altercation in this scene. Who knows? They were like, there, there must be blood. So just randomly try <laughs> to, to grab some. Meanwhile, Alejandra is getting her whole hair lit up because she, for yeah. some strange reason, runs in Paris. And Paris just snatches a hold of her hair. She's still trying to, like, hit her but meanwhile her hair is in a vice grip so she might want to back up off of everything because no- nothing was working for her and she was snippy with Sade because she was telling her don't touch me don't touch me and I feel like she just wanted to take out her frustration on somebody else like what kind of voodoo is Akbar doing that these women are going ham over a man that they're sharing mm. I'm sure I don't even want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. I'm like Mario Wine is on this one. I don't want to know, okay? At all because keep it, keep it away from me. Whatever it is, I don't want it. Speaking of things we don't want, uh, you know, Brooke's crazy. Oh, <laughs> I will, I'm going to leave Ray J to last. He deserves to be last. But Brooke and, you know, setting Marcus up yeah. and Marcus is all excited like yeah I'm about to get it finally and I was thinking mm, I don't think that's what's going to happen but <laughs> nowhere in my mind did I think she was trying to set up a fake wedding for them like you're going to ambush dude with a wedding so wait so they've never had sex at all I know you mentioned that before like oh they, they haven't been having sex but so they never had sex at all well, that's the narrative. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I see. <laughs> right. Yeah. So allegedly, they have never engaged. Mm-hmm. So they just, I mean, that's fine. But clearly, somebody's sowing the royal oats, as he likes to say. And she, right. what was she doing when she was engaged? Was she just an emotional affair with somebody else? or? Yeah. Yeah. With... Um... Keisha Cole's ex-husband. Like, oh, let's just explore this and see what it is. So they just, I think like they kissed on screen and maybe went out on a date, but they weren't. Like she was always into Marcus, like always. And the only reason she ended up kind of dipping off was because he cheated on her with that girl from Love & Hip Hop New York. Like he started it all. Well, actually before that, it was determined that he was still legally married. He He was carrying on with Brooke and told her, you know, that he was divorced, but he was just separated and had not divorced his wife. Then he was messing with this other chick on top of that. So, like, 
he's done her dirty, you know, more than a few times. So maybe, you know, now he feels like, okay, let me, let me do this right. But it's a mess. I was like, she's crazy. And whatever type of crazy she has, so does he. Because, you know, you show up, she's trying to force you into a wedding. And your response is, okay, well, let me, you know, let's get engaged. Like, okay, well. Good luck, y'all. You know they both come from crazy trees because nobody's mama was like, hold up, wait, what's happening? Like, both of their moms were just like, what's going on? And then (laughs) when the fake wedding started, they just looked surprised. But then when the engagement happened, they were Oh, so that tells me right there what I need to know about all these people. All of them are crazy because they come from a crazy tree. Like, no, right? If Miss Angela was in that hotel room mm. and somebody tried to pop up a wedding on you, what would your mama say? <laughs> we <laughs> out of here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we we out of here. And God forbid, I was the one out. trying to do it. Oh yeah, if I was trying to pop up a wedding on some dude. I'd have got beat out of there. As grown as I am. <laughs> and, and you're going to embarrass me? On, I can just hear it now. Like, okay, embarrass yourself, but you're going to bring me on TV to embarrass me? Oh my God, yes. Exactly, exactly. And these, these two mamas, bless their heart, they were just there and like, <sighs> smiling and cheesing and swooning. I was like, somebody's getting paid really well, or this is just, or everybody's just nuts. And they, I hope they yeah. all get married and just be nuts together because there's no other explanation for this. <laughs> there's no other explanation for this whole thing besides it's scripted. Everybody got a check for that day, or everybody's just stone cold crazy. And that's all I got. There it is. And then lastly, our last, absolutely, bit of crazy. What? Mm-hmm. So, oh, Ray J. At this point, I don't even know. Like at this point, you know, it's. I guess it started with um, what, what did Brooke tell K Michelle or K Michelle told Brooke and Brooke. Spilled mm-hmm. the somebody spilled the beans about whatever between Lyrica and A1, I mean Lyrica and Safari and then Detective Ray J went on his crusade to figure out what happened and then kind of tricked Safari into telling him that he actually slept with Lyrica and A1 and Lyrica <laughs> went from calling each other everything under the sun but a child of God to mm-hmm. happily in love and expecting a baby. And so we get to dinner and Lyrica and A1 want to celebrate their new child's life by inviting their friends out to dinner, have a couple's date. And Ray J feels like that is the exact moment where, (laughs) (laughs) where (laughs) Safari should pop out of the woodwork and tell A1 that he slept with his wife. And so... First of all, why would that be the right time, Ray J? Why would you invite this man to pop up on somebody and you know that they almost got into a fight before, but you, that's my brother, that's my homie, that's my homie, let me clear the air. Like Princess said, nobody told you 
to uh, get in people's business. This is your fault. This is your right. problem. Don't ruin everybody else's problem because you feel bad. And that's 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 the part where I'm like, mm, somebody needs to beat up Ray J. That's how I feel about it. And poor Princess, actually, like she hadn't been out of the house since 1980. She was just like, oh my God, so glad to be outside. I was like, oh, geez, poor lady. But yeah, I don't know why Ray J thought, or at any point, so the dinner is probably the worst place it could be done because it wasn't private. You know, you're involving a whole nother group of people and then it's a public space on top of it. But just at any point in time, I don't know how Ray J thinks that Safari telling a one that he slept with Lyrica is going to go peacefully. Like, it's never going to be a good thing. It's never going to be peaceful. And then you just did it at the worst time. And then you did it. Like, he's the one that actually said it. It wasn't like, okay, Safari, tell him what she said. And then Safari blurted it out. Safari sat there like, I don't know what y'all talking about. <laughs> and proceeded to just, y'all work that out amongst yourselves. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, well, why are you even here? And then, you know, Lyrica goes back to, you know, screaming and hollering and carrying on. And it's just hard to tell. It's Safari. You know, what is what? It's Safari. Yeah. She needs to be screaming and hollering and raging. <laughs> so at yeah. no point did Princess go back to be like, hey, dog. My goofy husband, were they married? It's like, my goofy husband is yeah. causing problems. Be warned. Because I feel like in the whole time they were in the ladies' room, that had not come up. She shouldn't have told her. Right. Because when yeah. Brooke goes back there, Brooke doesn't even tell her. She's like, girl, you need to get back out there. And she doesn't tell her why. Like, why? And that's how you know all woman? of this is a mess. Yeah. Just walk why into would you tell this woman, like, to go into the firing squad when you're allegedly trying to warn her about it. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, next week, <laughs> well, this week ended with A1 running across the table. So next week, you know, we'll see what happens. And then it looks like him and Ray J actually get into it. So your wish might be answered. I want A1 to lay some brotherly hands on Ray J for all the trouble. Put them paws on you. Put the pause on it because it's just ridiculous at this point. Like, what are you even do- like? Just shut up and mind your business, y'all. Like, you barely in a good place with your girl. Mind mm. your business, mind it. That's all. Just mind your business. Mind it. Right. There it is. And I was impressed with uh, a one's dexterity because he went from sitting to on <laughs> to, like, yeah. the table like super fast. That was impressive. Huh? I was girl. <laughs> that was impressive. I was impressed. Absolutely. I was definitely impressed. Um, speaking of problematic relationships, tonight and tomorrow <laughs> night, the Bobby Brown story <laughs> premieres. Bobby got a whole lot of drama, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, new edition story was really, really good. I was, I was so pleasantly surprised not surprised but like so pleasantly happy that they pulled it off that there was Mm -hmm. so much attention to detail in terms of like from casting the kids the grown new edition like I thought it was well done and then to hear they were doing the Bobby Brown story I thought how fitting even in tv Bobby gotta have his own stuff (laughs) yes yes 
Isn't um, it though? Like that's yeah. That is Bobby Brown. Right. You can't him. just let new edition story be it. You gotta let's do the Bobby mm-hmm. Brown story. Ain't nobody right. trying to hear the uh Roddy DeVoe story. So there you go. Um <laughs> <laughs> although we love Roddy, we do love Roddy. not as compelling as Bobby's. Um <laughs> Oh, we're looking forward to that. And I know you also caught up on The Shy. Yes, I loved it. So that was pretty much the bulk of my holiday weekend. Uh, you know, was watching those episodes. And I absolutely love that, the series of stories, because, you know, we saw the different stories kind of converging on one another. And I just don't know how I, I know how I missed it, just just like now it's so much tv but i am looking forward to the next season and you know possibly reviewing and and being on it as it you know as it unfolds but i i loved it It was i I just sat there and was like wow this is how the game goes probably in many cities across the united states you know just innocent kids kind of get wrapped up in stuff that you know, they they definitely weren't looking for whether they're born into a family where, you know, stuff is going on or you're friends with somebody and then your loyalties and then you look up, and you're like, dang, I'm in the game. You know, it just it was a really simple look, like how you can, you know, really fall into those kind of traps. But then, you know, complex because there were kind of all of these stories going on at the same time and then you could find these common cores. It was very well done. I'm a huge Lena Way fan. I think she is fantastic and I'm looking forward to more things that uh, you know are coming out of her camp. Yeah. I think we could put that on our I'm not sure exactly when season two returns, but I think we'll put that on our list of possible shows to recap. That'd be dope. Yay. Which brings us to our show that we are currently recapping, Insecure. Before we get into our Insecure coverage, if you have any questions, comments, or want to sponsor us, shoot us an email at hellodrunkwatching at gmail.com or slide into our DMs on Twitter and Instagram at drunkwatching. All right. Uh, I think this episode might be the end of your fairy tale of Daniel <laughs> and Issa. Um, yeah. We had three, uh, we had three good, I mean, good as in um, meaty, complicated episodes with Daniel. And we start episode four with Mira, bitch. She's back. Issa's wrapping into the mirror again. Um, <laughs> she's got her own place and she has a mirror. And then we hear somebody knocking on the door, and it's Daniel. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Daniel's helping her move. He's still being a solid friend. But, you know, then they have this whole, like, awkward goodbye that made me feel like it was the final goodbye. And then Molly Mm -hmm. comes, like, I think she's like, is that it? Or whatever she says to him. And he's like, yeah. And so I was like, oh, no. I think that's it, Daniel. And she hit him with the, my Daniel. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Which really made me think that was it for Daniel. Mm Mm-hmm. Dang. 
That was a good run, Daniel. That was a good run. And, you know, I hope that we see you again. I'm, I'm not too sold on this new situation as it's presenting itself, but, you know, I'll just go where the tide carries me. But I did. I, like you, when he was at the door, I was thinking like, oh, okay. But, you know, he's helping her out and maybe they're just going to see how this goes you know, with them living in different spaces, but that quickly turned to death. So bye Daniel. Yeah, bye, bye Daniel. Um Molly comes in with a bunch of gifts that Issa can't use until she <laughs> out it. the next level Hennessy. Shout out to Hennessy. And uh she can use it, but Issa doesn't have glasses or cups. <laughs> who needs glasses or cups between two friends? Like, mm, come on, yeah, that's the bottle. <laughs> Crack it open and start swigging. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I was wondering, like, is next level Hennessy Hennessy white? What exactly is next level Hennessy? I think that was XL. I have to check, uh, go back and look at it again. But I think it was it was Hennessy XO. I don't know what level white falls in with all the rest of them. Like I know there's privilege and then there's XO and there's any black and white. And, you know, the, I think there's one even beyond that. There's one that's like thousands of dollars, but I can't um, off the top of my head. I used to date a Hennessy, like a super serious Hennessy drinker. Not that this one isn't, but <laughs> like all you drink is Hennessy. So that's why I know they're like, tiers and levels but mm. i can't tell you what they are mm-hmm. now i feel like my black card is in jeopardy because i just thought there was one <laughs> level of hennessy and now oh no <laughs> i thought it was like hennessy and hennessy white and then that was it but apparently well, yeah, oh, my no, bank account ain't big enough this. for all the other hennessy <laughs> i can't do it yeah okay it's the same because I did Google Hennessy White, and I was like, ooh, I like almost $100 a bottle. Like, that's that's a no for me. Yeah. But apparently, Molly can afford some good Hennessy because she got the good lawyer job. <clears throat> um, but before we see that, we see her encouraging Issa to kind of let go of the past. And Issa's mm-hmm. really hesitant to let go of the past, like old CDs that Lawrence made her and old whatevers. And I and I feel her because over this week, weekend yeah. I was kind of decluttering, and you don't want to let go of stuff, even if you have not. There's some stuff I haven't even looked at in years, but yeah. then when I look at it, I'm like, well. Maybe, maybe I'll listen to this mix CD that I made in 1998. Like, maybe I'll pop this in my car, knowing that I could just look it up on the internet or something. But, um, you know, I think this is a really good conversation between Issa and Molly, where Molly has challenged her to like, look, if you really want to move on, if you really want to go <laughs> to the next level, enjoy your next level Hennessy, you got to let this stuff go. And I think this is yet another conversation um, that happens on the show that is not only real that people have with their real life friends, but it's also something that like 
damn, like maybe I should throw this stuff away. You know, you can apply it Mm -hmm. to your own life. Absolutely. I know I am super pack rat. I mean, not like hoarders or anything, but, you know, I, I have things in boxes, you know, and every time I move, I'm like, this really should go. And of course, thinking about, hopefully the next move is my best move, but you know, hey, uh, <laughs> once you start thinking about combining living spaces with somebody, then you definitely have to get rid of things. And, you know, it, it is hard, you know, you have different memories, not necessarily about exes, though that may be a part of it, but just you know, things throughout your life, she broke out her old rap journal, you know, and so even those few moments that we heard <laughs> those lyrics and uh, and probably snickered uh, a little bit, but like that is what attaches her, reminds her probably of um, a less complicated time in her life or, you know, maybe what she wanted to do or be before you know, she started having responsibilities or, you know, that life took a different turn. And I think that is, uh, it's a worthwhile trip down memory lane every now and again, even if we don't have physical things, I think it's just worthwhile to remember those, those kinds of things about ourselves that we may have forgotten or pushed so far down that, you know, we're not operating in the places that you know, would make us the most happy. So I thought that was dope. Mhm, mhm, exactly. And while Issa is traveling down memory lane, she actually before that, when she's there with Molly, she gets her first um, tenant complaint because she's not only moving into this apartment, she is the apartment manager. And so right. this woman is like, "Hey, do you hear that?" And there are she she believes there's squirrels in the walls, not just rats or mice. Squirrels. And let me tell you guys from experience, squirrels would not be in the walls. They would bust through the walls. When I lived in New York, mm. a squirrel broke into my apartment. It chewed through the window screen, came into mm. the kitchen, and was eating popcorn out of the out of the trash. So squirrels, <laughs> squirrels, squirrels would not be in the walls. Um, wow. So that made it even more ridiculous about this <laughs> about this tenant. But that just shows us the level of foolishness that Issa's going to have to be uh, dealing with um, now that she's embarking on this new journey in her life. That's a look, Issa. (laughs) All we can say, you get what you pay for. And so that half off the rent is going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Um, So Molly's at work. We're back at work. With the, with, the <laughs> with the black to work. <laughs> we are black to work. And now that you pointed out that that is Stan, that is all I can see every time oh, you pop up on screen. I'm like, you did this to my But yes, we are black at work with Molly. She's having a hard time trying to figure out where to get her thoughts into the conversation. Um, and then Torian starts dominating everything and he's getting all the props like men often do because he is unafraid to just insert himself in the combo and you know whatever and 
I feel like, I don't know, jumping ahead, but when um, Molly tries to kind of commiserate with her female coworkers afterwards, she tries to do it on the slide because she doesn't know if maybe they are friends with Torian, you know, she's a new person. And they're like, girl, yeah, we, we know exactly what he's doing and you're not the only one. And she feels, she feels vindicated by that. So that's cool. And it seems like, at that moment, <laughs> maybe Molly is finding some um, work colleagues that she can kind right. of help find her place in the law firm. Until later on, we yeah. that fly. <laughs> right. Okay. And then, at the moment, she's, she's trying to find her place. Um, on Issa's workplace, Frida and Issa are having, you know, Frida comes by and is like, oh my God, you were so helpful at the job fair. And she's convinced Joanne to let Issa go back out into the field. But at this point, Issa's just not, she is so over. We got y'all. It's Mm -hmm. just not even funny. So, you know, where Frida is still super excited about it, Issa's like, okay, yay, I get to go back into the field. Holla. But (laughs) she chooses to go into the field to get some lunch at Worldwide Tacos, um, where we see a blast from the past. We see Party Lip Nathan. <laughs> right, and she couldn't remember his name. <laughs> right, she could not. Who happens to be at Worldwide Tacos because that's the place that they were going before he had to beat up <laughs> Big Boy in the back of her right. car. Lord Jesus. So he also took yeah. Issa's advice because she she advised him to go to Worldwide Tacos, and he he ended up taking it. So she encounters Nathan at Worldwide Tacos, and she drops her taco because Issa's awkward. And so he decides to get her another taco that's going to take forty five hours to <laughs> to fix. Um. Which is actually have you been there? So I haven't been say. to Worldwide. So I haven't actually been to Worldwide Tacos because every time I've driven by, because um, my son used to go to school down the street from there, and I'm like, huh. But every time I driven by, the line was always so long. It was just kind of like, it was ridiculous. So I just never got involved because I already I heard from somebody that it took a really long time to get tacos, and I just thought that was ridiculous because tacos should not take mm-hmm. an hour there is no way humanly possible unless you are going to mexico from la the tacos should <laughs> take an hour like there's just otherwise i just don't understand um unless they got to go and catch the salmon kill it take the skin off and scale it and pop the whatever you got to do to fish because i don't eat it um, unless they got to do all that on the spot for you to get your barbecue salmon taco, it's ridiculous. But shout out to Worldwide Tacos. Uh, your wait is about to get a whole lot longer now, now that it was right. insecure. Um, but she comes across Nathan and they have a little, you know, witty repartee, some small talk. He's, we find out that he's from Houston and he's you know, in LA, um, for clients. And I think later on we find out he's a barber. I didn't know that right away. 
Me neither. And I was like, fine. I was like, oh, what kind of clients he got? And then it's like, oh, he's a barber. <laughs> he's a mobile mm-hmm. barber. Which, shout out to barbers. They, they come up big time. Right, he must right. be like a celebrity barber or something. Um, but they have like a two-hour wait for their tacos. So they decide to explore. They decide to walk around Lamert Park, um, which uh, I thought was really cool. Um, because Issa's showing him, you know, Black LA. And at the same time, I thought it was like, damn, like all this stuff is about to be gone. Because it's getting <laughs> it's getting gentrified to all hell right now. Like, even on the mm-hmm. strip, when, like when they were walking around Lamert Park, like one of the buildings is like four leaves. I'm like, oh God, some white people in like a knitting store is about to move in or some kind of, I don't even know organic barbecue spot. <laughs> Some vegan vegan barbecue places about to move in there. Um but I really like them, you know, walking around because a lot of the stuff that Nathan was saying is a lot of the stuff people from LA people not from LA say about yeah, LA. LA like, is this mm-hmm. the hood? This can't be the hood. This got palm trees. I'm like, they will shoot you, man. Who cares right. about palm trees? You will still palm get trees. That. Yeah, be fooled if you want to. Come on out here because of this show and think like, oh, let's go tour, you know, the jungles. And I mean, Lemur Park might be okay um, during, you know, certain times, but you you go on and walk through the jungles uh, so that you can see the street that tra- training day was. <laughs> I mean, you know, gentrification has made it such that you might see, um, you know, some Asians and white people with their dogs, but I, you know, I, I would not encourage that field trip. Just stay where you are. Watch yeah, it on TV. I mean, yeah, no, not at all. Um, I feel like <laughs> just don't go into the jungles. If you want to see Black LA, just, yeah, go to Lamert Park, um, <laughs> go on Sunday, go see a drum right. circle. Uh, buy some incense from the man in Lamar Park. Like, just stay out of the jungles. Um, because they might not throw a pineapple at you. They might throw a bullet. So just do your <laughs> favor. Um, <laughs> but I really like them. Oh, yeah. You know, just kind of wandering around, and I like Issa. Um. Being open and honest, because I feel like with Lawrence and even with Daniel, to some extent, like they weren't, she was never really saying the stuff in her head. Like it was always kind mm-hmm. of filtered to to have the best impact on the person that she was with. Like she didn't want to hurt Lawrence's feelings. And she probably wasn't completely honest about like being overwhelmed, about being a primary breadwinner for years and you know all that kind of stuff and then with Daniel I mean at the end she got more honest with him we see how that worked out but I feel like with both of them she was kind of censoring herself so it was nice to see her um you know and maybe because it feels like she doesn't know what will come of Nathan and so she just kind of let herself be vulnerable and be honest and I thought that was cool yeah I noticed that too and I thought this is what happens in new situations, you know, when you're feeling somebody, but you don't really know them well enough to care so much about, 
you know, how you look, how you sound, the mistakes that you made. I mean, she came out like, hey, I cheated. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, oh my gosh. I mean, for many people, when they talk about their past relationships, they really don't do so in a way to highlight things that they did, provided they did something. So, you know, she led with that, like, you know, this is what happened. He didn't deserve it. And, you know, I got, you know, I got caught up and his response, you know, was just like, Hey, we all have something. And I think that helped her feel more secure, you know, in the situation and sharing as well. And it probably was like low key therapy, you know, for her to just like, yeah, I'm just throwing this, all this out that I haven't really been able to say, like you said, to Lawrence or to Daniel, even to her girlfriends, because, you know, they, they can get brutal. So even though they know what she did, you know, but just to be able to say, this is what I did and I feel bad for it, or, you know, I learned from it or, you know, and not be on the receiving end or expecting to receive, you know, kind of judgment. I think that was, um, that was a cool moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, and they, and they get as vulnerable as you can get. They end up going skinny. Right. Um, <laughs> I thought very, that was going to be a montage. I really was like, okay, she's daydreaming this, but. Right. Cool. You know, they, they jump in the pool and go mm-hmm. skinny dipping. Um, but back to her being like, oh, when she tells him that she cheated and he's like, we all have something. He doesn't say what his something is. What his something and, is. Mm-hmm. And remember, like, when we first met Nathan, he beats up old boy. Like, they get into the fight. He punches him up. And he jumps out of the heart. He's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And we don't know. Yep. Like, is he on probation? Is he on parole? Like, yeah, what is this something that Nathan has? And also, when they were, you know, of course, they're playing Keith or Dare during this whole <laughs> moment, which... With a stranger, I don't know, that can be kind of risky, clearly. But we see, you know, this scar. Was that like a bullet wound in his shoulder? Something was going on when they were in the pool, and she asked about it, and, you know, he kind of, you know, finagled his way out of answering that. So we really, I mean, we know he's there from Houston. We know he relocated after the hurricane, and that he's a mobile barber. but. We don't really know anything else. We don't know where he lives right now. Like you said, we don't know, you know, why he had to run off like that after <laughs> after the whole incident in the party lift. We don't know what his something is. We don't know, you know, where that wound came from. There still seems to be as much as she's super open. Uh, he does not appear to be doing the same thing, which is why I'm still Team Daniel. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Come on, Daniel. I mean, I feel I feel like Issa calls him out because initially he kept he keeps trying to just take all the dares. Mm-hmm. So you know he's truth the dare in her, and she just is going with truth. <laughs> she's picking truth because she doesn't want to do, which is probably like what I would do because I don't want to be I don't be fooling with you in these dares because you could just say something, yeah. anything, and I'm like, nope. Um, so she's picking truth, and he's picking dare, which is you know. A, a, a warning, I think, like a, a little, maybe not mm-hmm. a red flag, maybe like a magenta flag or something where, 
you know, let's just put a pin in Nathan because if anything, the show tells us like nobody's perfect. And so as much as we really like Nathan and Issa's very, very cute and very, very perfect, like rom-com quirky date, like the other shoe will eventually drop. Like Nathan Mm -hmm. could be married. Nathan could have children. Nathan (laughs) <laughs> One of um, Bossy Ipke, a writer on on, on uh, she's a writer, but she's she's very much Team Lawrence. She's like, I'm waiting for him to be a serial killer. <laughs> um, right. So we don't know anything about Nathan, and although he he seems like a good guy, he definitely has something that we don't know what's going on with him yet. Mm-hmm. Um. <sighs> Shifty eyes. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's light skinned. Right. Light skinned love. Oh, I love light skinned dudes. Oh, God. I forgot about that light skinned love. You see how quickly she went away. She was black history before the end of the episode. Um, I don't even remember her name. She went away so fast. Um, Molly. I'm so happy Molly's back in therapy. Molly's back in therapy. And, you know, she's she's talking about her frustrations with Torian and how, you know, she, she can't get a word in as why She feels overlooked at work. And her therapist asks her, like, why do you always got to be the one? Like, why do you got to be the star all the time? Mm-hmm. And so she's trying to get her to investigate that. And I don't. Do you remember what she said, or did she say anything? I don't quite remember. I don't either, actually. I think she I don't know that she. It. Yeah, I was like, I don't know that she even had an answer for that. Mm-hmm. But she hmm. accidentally mentioned Dro to the therapist, and her therapist like, "Who's Dro?" And then Molly's like, "Oh." So I think that's funny, and that's what it was. Like something she's even holding back from her therapist. Right. Right. Well, I think that's what it was. She went on about like not no longer uh, accepting things that she doesn't deserve and knowing her worth and her value. I think that was, uh, you know, her response to that question about, you know, why do you have to always be on top or, you know, um, so I think that was where she traveled into and then, you know, ultimately said, you know, after Drew, I said I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> the therapist was like, who is Drew? I was like, oh, here we go. On down the rabbit hole. Who is Dro? So hopefully Molly went and told her the story of Dro so she can get some clarity around that. Um, But I, I don't know. Once I saw the way, like when I first saw Molly and Torian's interaction or lack thereof, because he wasn't really interacting with her. She was just kind of like jealous of him and his ability to speak. I was like, she's gonna, they're gonna sleep together. They're gonna sleep together. Like, that's in my mind. Like, it just, it just happens. And so, Molly goes and tries to, like, befriend her female coworkers and was like, hey, I've had some experience on, like, working with the type of cases you guys are working on. Let me know if you need any help. And so when they start, when they take her up on her offer, it's like, hey, can you get together tonight to talk about this case or whatever? She becomes super flaky 
And the reason she becomes super flaky is because she's working with, wasn't that Torian? Yep. Because she's working with yep. Torian. And not only is she working with Torian, she got on the whole bodycon manslayer dress when she was working mm-hmm. with Torian. Which is another reason I was like, damn it, Molly. I thought we were, thought we were turning over a new leaf here. Like, what, what is happening? So, I, I mean, I tweeted on the Drunk Watching account. Raise your hand if you think Molly's gonna sleep with Torian. And um several people Everybody agreed. <laughs> yeah. Several people Everybody agreed, agreed that she was that that would likely be one of the outcomes. So what do you, what what do you think of I don't even know. What's up with Molly? Is she still knowing yeah. better and doing better? Mm. No. I think she's definitely on the no better, no better. Uh <laughs> I mean, better in the aspect of she's not she's not fooling with Dro, but I mean, you know, if you're gonna then apply that same mindset or kind of those types of actions to a different person, you haven't, you know, you're you're not doing better. You're just not doing the same thing in the same place. So, you know, it it looks like it could be right now. It's just that she is so ambitious and focused. I think the part that stood out most to me was that she was willing to um, kind of shift the dynamic between her and the other women in the office just to, you know, kind of get next to this guy or kind of, you know, start this plan to one up him. And I think it's important. I mean, they may not be her homies. They're not going to be Tiffany, Kelly, and Issa, but I think it is very important, particularly if you're in an all-Black workplace, to have positive interactions with your coworkers generally, but specifically with the other women, Um, because more times than not, those are the folks that are (laughs) going to have your back. Like, don't be down and need a hand and think that Torian's going to help you. It would likely be you know, the the women, I think they were pleasantly surprised that she would, you know, extend a hand and want to be a part of what they were doing or give them uh, some assistance. And then it was just like, oh, you are who we thought you were, you know, type situation. And um, she was holding that AKA mug and I'll just leave it at that. Bloop. It's not me today, folks. It's not me. <laughs> Dropping a D nine shade. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't like. I don't know about like Molly's whole. I don't know. From the very beginning of the show, the one thing Molly has had to fall back on was work. Like she was really good at her job. But yeah. she's also also been really unhappy with not being the star. Like in season two, I don't even think it was so much about being the star. It was about being paid, you know, as much as her white male coworker who she felt like she was doing way more work than him. So, of course, you want to get paid what you're worth. So that's why right. she leaves to go to this black firm. And I assume she left to make more money because I. Molly's a smart woman. She's not going to take a pay decrease. <laughs> um, right. So I'm assuming she's more, you know, and feeling very um, fairly compensated, but she's still not, like her therapist said, like, why do you always have to be the star? Like, why do you always have to 
be the HNIC. And she can't answer that. So instead of investigating that, um, she sells out her female coworkers. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and I don't, Torian, we don't know much about him, but I'm going to go with Torian is probably not the guy she needs to build an alliance with. And I feel like a lot of people fall into this trap. You see somebody who may appear to be on a higher level or more valued. And so you diss the people who are at your level. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. people at your level, like if you are building and networking and supporting each other, when they start to grow, like those people will take you with them. Those people will have your back long term. They will recommend you. They will be like, right. They will be there to support you and to help you. Torian strikes me, you know, in our limited viewing of him as somebody who doesn't care about, like, who's out for himself. And that's how he, you know, gets where he wants to go because he's confident in his skills and he can network with people who are above my, like, what, what, what benefit does Molly have for him? Right. Well, she will learn. Oh, she will learn. I think so. I feel like she will. Um, that wasn't cool, Molly. That was not cool. That was not cool at all. Um, before the episode ends, we get another look at Issa and Nathan, and they've gone on this marathon date. They've gone. They've gone back to Worldwide Tacos. They picked up their tacos, and then Issa suggests going back to her place. And now, it's a TV show, so I guess that's fine. <laughs> But the regular person in me is like, girl, you just met this man. <laughs> Why are you can't right, right. mm-hmm. <sighs> Like nobody seems to be making <laughs> good regular people decisions. Right. Again, it's a in TV LA. show. So right. And I like in no world would I just meet somebody even who beat up somebody the first time I met him right. and invite him to my house. But I guess, you know, after skinny dipping with somebody, might as well, I guess. Right. So she invites him back to the house, and they're about to kiss, but she gets a knock knock on the door from a little boy who is like, (laughs) my mama says she locked out, and you got to (laughs) give, you changed the lock. And he's like, what y'all doing? Kissing and eating tacos? First of all, how did he call it so easily? Right. Exactly. Kids are hilarious, but that kind of saves, not saves her, but prevents her from, because they didn't actually kiss this whole day. It was like like a whole lot of flirting. Mm-hmm. I'm asking. And then the, the no, no, they did not. That that was the moment uh, there at the, yeah. at the house. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. the moment. And, and then he, he leaves. Like, why does he just leave? I wondered that too. I was like, oh, he just maybe he figures, oh, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> and I don't want to be involved. Maybe he has to get home before his parole officer calls. I'm not. He got to check in by curfew or his wife. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. But I feel like he said uh, nobody was. He didn't have anything to say in Houston. But that don't, you know what? That don't mean nothing either. <laughs> he could still have a wife. 
Yeah, because she asked about his um, asked about his um, last relationship. I don't feel like he was too forthcoming. He just said, "Oh, I don't think I've had any long ones like you," but that didn't answer the question. So again, we don't know this dude. Mm. So so far, now that we are not blinded by Nathan's, you know, cuteness and open to funness, we realize that he has some unanswered questions. One, we don't know why he ran off, and he was like, "I can't, I can't, I can't." Why? Mm-hmm. Two, uh, he picked all the dares over the truth, and when she confessed that he cheated that she cheated and he said we all have our things he never said what his things were and three when they get their kiss interrupted by the little bossy child at the door and Issa doesn't even seem like she's gonna handle the whole lockout situation anyway she's just Mm -mm. like all right all right bye um (laughs) (laughs) what kind of apartment manager Then it was like, though, like, you're not going to do this job. Well, right. You locked all. yourself out of my apartment. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so even when she, you know, dismisses the little boy, he's like, all right, I got to go. Like, that's very abrupt. So something's going on with this amazing character. So I'm not going to join Team Nathan or <laughs> the Nathan Nation because. Oh, boy. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. We we need more answers before that happens. We, we definitely do. And so to wrap up the episode, I, I kind of felt like I feel like Brittany was looking into her crystal ball because last week you're like, do you think you know she's going to move on from we got y'all like next episode or like later on down the line? And I'm like, oh, probably by the end of the episode, I mean, end of the season, and sure enough, you know, after getting the quote-unquote great news that she's going back into the field, and, you know, Free was trying to set up time with her to talk about it, which she blew off to hang with Nathan, you know, she finally gets word that, you know, she'll be assigned the Crozier Middle, which is in Inglewood. Is the new apartment still in Inglewood? I, I don't know that we. The whole show. Or maybe not. Because she said when they were at Worldwide Taco, she said out around the corner or whatever, but she also lived close to there. So maybe it took her oh. a little further down. Anyway, I mean, it's not far either way, but I was thinking, oh, she got a school, you know, right in Inglewood if she stayed in Inglewood. But that's neither here nor there because she's not going to the school. <laughs> And she decided to quit. We got y'all. So, the beginning of the episode, we likely say goodbye to Daniel. And at the end of the episode, we say goodbye to We Got Y'all. Now, like you said, this is wonderful TV. um, But, you know, you just moved into a new apartment. Yes, you're getting the good hookup. But, I mean, hope she got savings which I don't think she does, so... I don't think she's got a lot of savings, because that's what old girl was trying to tell her. Um, Kelly was trying to tell her, like, yeah. two episodes ago, 
as you need to stay at Daniel's house until you can get your money together. Um, right. But like I said, I'm happy that she le- that she's leaving. We got y'all, and she's you know pushing the restart button on multiple areas of her life because I feel like after five years in both the job and with Lawrence, like she needs a fresh start. Um, but she also needs money, so maybe maybe she'll right. pick up her list. Her Lyft driving will take up the rest of her time um, that she would have been in We Got Y'all. Or maybe she'll reach out to the, the Beat crew. I was about to call them Beat Street, which is uh, a <laughs> dancing movie. Um, maybe she'll reach out to the Beat crew and uh, work with them. I'm curious to see uh, where we go from here. But she also tossed out all of those things. So Issa is clearly... Halfway through the season, she is clearly ready for a fresh start. Um, while Molly is once again on that bullshit, so we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, next week they're going to Coachella. It's gonna be an interesting episode. Coachella. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it'll be like that Malibu episode, right? When it's just like them away right. from all of their their things i feel like some hard truthers truthers some hard truths are going to come out maybe we'll find out who tiffany's baby daddy is or mm. why derek was in the hotel <laughs> right. um, and where otherwise. she watched the due north season finale where she watched the due north because it wasn't with them and it wasn't Mm-mm. with derek nope so, don't 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 Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we're, I can't even believe we're halfway through the season because their season is only eight episodes. We yep. are four episodes down, four more to go. Now that Daniel is looking like he's out of the picture, do you have any more predictions? No, I'm, they definitely shook it up for me. I mean, the best I can hope is that, you know, he he, he makes a, a play for it <laughs> before the end of the uh, the season. I hope so. But like you said, they both have so much work to do. But, you know, going into this new situation, there's so many unknowns. It's definitely not looking like, oh, it's it's better. It's just new. And sometimes new is helpful. You know, just to kind of get out of your rut or, you said, get a, a fresh start or hit the reset button. Uh, but maybe this is the the right now guy or the right now situation that helps her, you know, kind of move into the next phase of her life. So, you know, I'm still hanging on to Danny. I hope he's not like gone, gone. But, you know, <laughs> we shall see. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I hope he's not gone just because I like the character of Daniel and I like looking at him on screen. But <laughs> I feel like him and Issa have always had this back and forth and back and forth. And we thought he was gone after she hurt his feelings in season one, and then he pops up in season two. Um, and then we thought he was gone in season two after she got all bent out of shape. Um, how did you describe it when he shot her shot her eye up or whatever and then 
and then he was back again. So like, I think this might third time might actually like Daniel might actually be gone this time around. Mm-hmm. And that does make me a bit sad. I like Daniel. I was just getting into his storyline. I wanted him to get his situation together too. But um, at the end of the day, like this is about Issa. And so whatever her story is, that is where we will go. Indeed. All right, guys. You have hung out with us for episode five of Drunk Watching. Thank you for rocking with us. I feel like this, for some reason, this is a much shorter episode. I guess last week was more triggering and It was about us. Um, It was was definitely about us. Today was about the show. Um, Mm -hmm. Either way, we enjoy talking about Insecure and watching Insecure. Um, We enjoy live tweeting with you guys and, and getting your commentary on Twitter and on Facebook. If you have any questions or comments or topics you want us to discuss on next week's episode of Drunk Watching, send us an email at hellodrunkwatching at gmail.com. In the meantime, subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform. We are on them all. Or slide into our inbox on Twitter and Instagram at drunkwatching. Andrea, any final thoughts? Oh, uh, well, next week we will. Well, are we talking Bobby Brown or are we going to leave it to Twitter? I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure we will talk Bobby Brown. Okay. We are going to talk have Bobby, like a Brown whole Bobby Bobby Brown is already trending, guys. And the the the, the thing crazy. don't even come on for like another hour and change. Another hour. Already yeah. Yes. Bobby Brown is trending. Everybody's um, body is ready for Bobby. He was so dope. Oh my gosh. I'm ready to. Um, also, uh, last week, Greenleaf premiered. And so we tweeted about that. Married to Medicine is back for those of you who are into that. I know you finished Sharp Objects and I saw you, you know, talking about that. Any other shows that you're watching or getting ready to start watching? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm recovering emotionally from Sharp Objects. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, it was really, it was really, 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 really good, but I will probably never watch it again. Yikes. And every time I look at, you know, just the artwork, I'm like, yeah, I'm cool. Like, I, something about it. And so I never even started. That might be for the best for me. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, catch us in the Twitter streak. Uh, on Instagram, as she mentioned, and uh, of course, subscribing and listening to us each week. Episode five, it's going by so quickly. And we're having a ball. It's going by. It's going by <laughs> really fast. Really yeah. fast. And maybe I will have something besides vodka next week. Now I'm tired of it. <laughs> hey, we love vodka. I love vodka too. We do, but maybe I'll take it back to my whiskey roots. Whiskey roots? Oh, you know what? While we were recording or talking about Hennessy, I actually happened to look up all of the Hennessy products. Okay. (laughs) Uh, 
There are 22 listed Hennessy products on Wikipedia. Oh, my God. Right. So, yeah. Richard Hennessy, I think, was the one I was thinking about. There's one uh, Timeless Ellipse. Only 2,000 units of each were produced. Um, there's one where only 100 units were produced. So they have some, you know, that Hennessy number one, <laughs> VS, VSOP. Those are the ones I'm sure that we're more familiar with. But, yeah, there are quite a few. So, hey, uh, Hennessy, if you're listening, <laughs> we'd be willing right. to try them. Yeah, let us, let we'll us know. We'll try all down. 22 guys. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. During one podcast, podcast powered we will by not be able to talk about anything during the podcast, but <laughs> we will try all 22. <laughs> yes, give us the opportunity. We'll make it fun. Yeah. So that's all I have. That's I wanted to make sure I added that. All right, guys. We'll catch us next week when we will be back discussing episode five of Insecure. In the meantime, I'm Brittany Danielle. And I'm Andrea Renee. Bye. Adios.